Shelton. It's Dana and Jay. Get it going. All right, welcome in to the latest special edition of Hear That Podcast, girl. We are here live at 50 West Brewing Company. How's everybody doing out here tonight? We are really excited about this. It's Thursday night. It's perfect, Jay. Sand volleyball. How many games have you been asked into at this point? None yet, but I am available. I'm a change of clothes out in my car. So anybody needs an extra player, I am available. Yes, absolutely. So Jay's available to hop in. So we'll see if you make it through the duration of the show or uh, if you have to be called in to uh, you know, work the net. Uh, but there's, I mean, cornhole over here. We've got pickleball. We've got sand volleyball. And we have a whole lot of people that are excited to hear about football. And that's what I like, because we've got a lot to talk about. The Cincinnati Bengals opened the season against the Pittsburgh Steelers at 1 o'clock on Sunday at Paycor Stadium, which we're getting pretty good at saying correctly. But for tonight, it's about predicting what is going to happen at that stadium throughout the course of the year. And maybe this year ends up at the Super Bowl again. Did anybody go to L.A.? Anybody here go to L.A. for the Super Bowl this past year? No. Well, I see a couple of hands. It felt like everyone that I ever ran into that likes the Bengals was in L.A., though. It, it was stunning how many Bengal fans were out there. And I, I kind of think we might see that again tonight. I think the Bills fans are going to take over SoFi Stadium tonight. Rams have a hard time drawing, but um, really, really impressive what the Bengals fan base did traveling that many people last year for the Super Bowl. We have a cast of stars. We do. I, 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 I'm happy that... Um, We've got to talk offense first. So we've got some other people we're going to bring in in a minute. But on our table, our spectacular table here right now, uh, it's not round or else it would be perfect for Jeff Hobson. Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com is here. Let's hear it for Jeff. Butch, great to have you here with us. You can use the microphone, you know. It's how these things work. I know it's it's a little different. but Always great to salute Bengaldom yes. on the eve of another one. That's thank right. you, Thank you for inviting me. And uh, it's, it's great to have you here, Butch. And it's great to have uh, James Rapine of Locked On, of All Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals Talk. And, and I'm just happy that you made it in from the parking lot instead of just hanging out there signing autographs and taking pictures. I'm just surprised you got all of them right. I thought you were going to say the podcast wrong or something, so thank you. I, I, I wrote it down. Oh. Yeah, you know. You're always taking notes. I'm taking notes. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of people we're going to get to, uh, but let's start here. We're, this is going to be our offensive chat, okay? We're going to have a little bit of an offensive chat. I want to start with this. Bengals offense, confidence level, the offensive line finishes ranked what in PFF? So I'm going to we'll, – we'll combine we'll – combine Run pass protection grade. Where do they finish in the PFF grades by the time this regular season comes to a close? It depends who's doing the PFF grades. Oh, come on. <laughs> 19. 19. That feels, that feels uh, like a, maybe a pessimistic view. Why 19? First, first year together. Got a rookie in there. Uh... You know, I, I think nine, what, the 19's middle of the pack. That's, a, you know, that's, that's enough to win. You know, I think that's enough to win. James, there's, I mean, there's a thought, right, that you look at the individual grades of Kappa, Karras, Collins, what you think Jonah is maybe could be a little bit better. Yeah. Throw a rookie in between four vets, and people talk about, well, maybe... Maybe top 10, maybe maybe they're an 11 or 12. Are you buying that? Top 10? I think that's really optimistic. Yes. Um, but yeah, could it certainly, could it happen if, well, Colin stays healthy and is, dials it back to 2018? If Kappa continues to ascend a little bit? If Karras is just steady and Volson's competent? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's possible. I think Jeff is a little too low at 19. But 10 would be a little too high. I'm going to go right in the middle. You know how we used to go 8 and 8? It was real easy to say. I think 15 is a reasonable expectation. So anything lower than that, you're kind of like, ah, that stinks. And anything higher than that, you're, you're satisfied with. 
I don't think 19 stinks, but... Uh, 19 would better. be an improvement. It's an improvement. And, and, uh, and, and, and you didn't name their best pass protector. And you know what Joe Burrow. No, you didn't name their best pass protector. Joe Mixon. But that's okay. Oh, yeah. You were talking about the offense. <laughs> hey, don't worry. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to Butch says run the ball in a minute. <laughs> but wouldn't 19, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't 19 be all they need? I, I, no, that's, that's really where this goes next, yeah. right? Is does it matter as long as it's not 28, right? I mean, if an average offensive line is what they're looking for, it's what they bought and what they kind of, every decision they made, the, the words we heard over and over again was, we need reliability. We need to know that it's not going to be a disaster. They were never, in the way they paid at the mid-level for all three of those guys, they weren't looking to be one. They didn't care about trying to be one. They didn't want to be a disaster. Hold it solid. Be good enough. And everything else should take care of itself. I mean, this is deja vu right now. I know we're talking offense, but last year we were having the same exact conversation about the defense. If they can just not be terrible right. and sniff average, and they went way beyond that, I, I think optimistic was a kind word for top ten. That might be delusional. But I do. I, I think higher than what what Butch has at nineteen. I, I think fifteen, sixteen, middle of the pack, and you'll live with that. They but, went to the Super Bowl last year with a bad ranking. If you just make a decent upgrade, keep everything else the same, they're right back in the mix. One reason I went low is because I think PFF is going to grade them hard. They're going to grade them hard. They've kind of got last couple years. They've kind of had a, you know, they're not out to get them, but they're going to have to be, you know. They're going to have to be really good to get PFF's eye. Be so Bengals spokesman takes shot at PFF. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm biased. Headline. I'm, I'm just saying. Get the headline. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> a big great, you know, I think they they view the Bengals offensive line in a certain way, and they're going to have to play beyond that. And if they do, I, I still think they're going to – I still think – they're going to have a tough time getting a high grade from those guys. Here, here, here's the bar. It isn't PFF, and I'm not taking a shot at it. It's not PFF. It's can the offense function against anyone? It, can we not talk about the offensive line year in and year out? Because, Jay, you're right. That's it. That's the. I don't want to talk about the offensive line. I'm sick of it. So if they're 19 or 15 or 13, as long as the offense is functioning so Joe Burrow can do what he does and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, there you go, Butch, I got your guy. Yeah. You know, then then I think they're fine. And so that's that's what it's going to come down to. Can this offense function against the Rams in the fourth quarter when they really, really need a drive? And I think I'd be more difference. comfortable. I, I think I'd be more comfortable talking about stats rather than grades. That's fine. No, I, I'm not trying to bring PFF into this to open right. up. I'm just trying yeah. to set a bar of expectations, of general expectation level sacks? for the offensive. I don't care about sacks. Sacks are done set. Okay, how about, how about hits? How about quarterback hits? Yeah, give me pressures. Give me pressure right. rate. Oh, that's fine. I don't want to go there. Okay. Let's start this. This is more important. Uh-oh. This, no, this, is, this plays off of that. What is the ceiling and the floor for this offense in points per drive? Last year, they finished 11th, uh, and we obviously saw they had an uptick at the end of the regular season, and then got kind of pulled along to the Super Bowl by the defense a little bit. Yep. Points per drive for this offense this regular season after finishing 11th last year. What's the ceiling? What's the floor? I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I mean, the ceiling, when you have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. All right, I won't, I won't keep going through the roster. Everyone here knows. <laughs> you, you can stop it, there. Those it, are the ones that matter. It's got to be one. The ceiling. Yeah, sure. If, 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 I would if, agree. You know, I, I mean, and the expectation should be really high. The offense better be a lot better than it was last year. Not necessarily more explosive, but it needs to be more consistent. And it should be more consistent. And so that's the ceiling. The floor. I think the floor is 11. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree. It, it shouldn't be, yeah, it, top 10. Like, it should be really high still because even if the offensive line isn't as good as as we think it could be, it's going to be better than what it was because you can't get much worse. And and that's where they were at, especially in the playoffs last year. So I think they'll be more consistent and they'll be in the top ten. The closer they get to the goal line, the more unreliable they got for, for whatever reason. They were great. They were great from like uh, 30 and on out. Yeah. You know, but uh, once once they got close, it was 
that was that was stunning about how their performance in the red zone compared to the rest of the field. And all of that, red zone, third down, really turnover margin kind of goes to points per drive because yeah. if you're not turning the ball over, you have fewer drives and you're, you're going to have a better average. I, and we saw it last year where Joe Burrow did not turn the ball over second half of the season. And I, I think it's going to look a lot more like week nine on last year than it did week one through eight. Not that he was terrible in week one through eight, but they're going to they're gonna take care of the ball better. You have to feel they're going to be better on third down, going to be better in the red zone. I, I agree. that the, I say the floor is 11. It's not out of the question that it, it could slip a little bit, but if, if, we're, if we're ranking it right now, I'm in the same boat. One is the, the ceiling, 11 is the floor. I mean, I feel like this is kind of assuming full health, and I don't know that that's totally fair. I mean, if you tr pick two chips out of the offense, if I randomly spun the wheel, right, and it had one through 11 on it, and two of those were gone, what does it look like without Tyler Boyd? What does it look like if you're having to play without Ted Karras? You, how, what is the drop-off? I mean, you got to assume that at some point that they're not going to go through the season with all of their assortment of weapons for almost every game. I mean, it was just so rare. So I, I think when you talk about the possibility of that, I'm not going to bring full injury into play. That's a whole other. No, it's not worth discussing. But, I, you know, short yardage was a struggle. What if that doesn't improve? Red zone was a struggle at the second half of last season. What if they don't have fixes? There's still projections here. Yeah. Like, I think there's a thought because of the names and because of who they are and what we that that oh they'll definitely be great. There's still a projection involved. We still didn't see top five offense. We still didn't see checking all of those boxes yet. I think there's no reason to believe you won't. Yeah. But it's still a projection as part of the offense. What what's right? the and a guy we haven't mentioned yet who I think is going to be big in all this is Hurst. Right. Uh, who, I mean, he's the guy that might put you over the top in a lot of those situations. Red zone, third down. What, yeah. What's the outside of injury? What's the the fly in the ointment? Where, where's the path where they aren't top ten? Burrow's going to be better. He just is because of that first half of last year. Right, He's going to be better. Chase, we saw him. He looks insane, I think. I think he looks yeah. better than he did last year. I would agree. Uh I don't really see the the drop. I think Zach's going to be better than he was a year ago. He's gotten better every single year. So what's the the offensive line? But if that holds up enough, it's it's the line. It's those. I mean, honestly, I, I, when we talk about like Jay, you wrote today about the numbers that matter, the numbers that will matter. I mean, short yardage and red zone. If, if they had all these pieces last year, now granted, so much of short yardage and red zone was the inability to run the ball without Joe Mixon having to dodge somebody two yards behind the line of scrimmage, as he did regularly. So I, I, I see that as being, sure, that should be fixed. Um, but I think that's part of it, right, is not having to rely on Evan McPherson to bail you out over and over again, which was a big part of last year's offense. Yeah, I, as much as I want to see a 60-yard field goal soon, you, you also you want the offense to not be in that spot because they keep converting and and on fourth and one they're confident and they went for it a bunch so yeah I, I think uh, do they have to go shotgun on third and short yes last year they I, did yes last as year far they away did. from the line as possible yes <laughs> I think that will I, I, and I think I think uh, they came out last year they came out. At the end of Burrow's rookie year, they, they were virtually in shotgun all the time. They were almost as much as in shotgun as much as the Steelers were in shotgun with Roethlisberger. And then when they came out last year, they were they tried to be close to 50-50, shotgun and under center. I think that really helped them early on. And I don't know if they kind of got away from it a little bit. Well, I wonder. But, uh, I don't know how comfortable Burrow is yeah. under center doing the play action with his back to the offense. I think he's so come up assessing the field, looking at and liking the ability to use that processing speed in front of him, the idea of turning around and not knowing what he's going to see immediately. I don't I don't know if that's his most comfortable. Now, obviously, it's fine doing it at times, yeah. but I don't know if that's his most comfortable spot if you gave him truth serum. And that's yeah. the... I think that's why they didn't do it. Correct. Do it. And, and that's why the offensive line... But I, think it helped. I think it helped. That's why the offensive line needs to kind of earn that trust. Because I, I think that's what it is. I mean... 
I haven't seen many quarterbacks take those hits and still get up and, and make the throw to Jamar on the far sideline in the divisional round, right? To, to, to get the Evan McPherson in position. Like, you get gunshots yeah. when you get hit like that. And so hopefully they are in the trust early, maybe starting Sunday, and can do some of that play action. Because that, that is an element of this offense that they haven't really utilized much under Burrow. The bench route, right, right, Jeff? The bench. No, nobody asked about the bench route more than Jeff Hobson. Because <laughs> I saw it. I saw Because we saw because we saw I want to go back through the transcripts and count how many questions about the bench route were asked. I loved it. But it was great. Because Jamak Chase, because Jamak Chase <laughs> ran it. Jamak Chase ran it on J he ran it on Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Not a not a great corner, but a ten year corner, a veteran, in like the the biggest play of the game. And he ran the route of his life. One of the nastiest routes you'll see in a, in a spot like that. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. I got, I got one, one last question for you guys, and we're going to switch it out, talk defense with a new group of people, get you guys out of here, uh, at least for this segment. Um, Just kick us out. Run, pass, or boot, as we like to do here on this show. you got to rank them one, two, three. Run, pass, or boot. Most total yards from scrimmage this year. Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Run, pass, or boot? No, no go ahead. Go ahead. You, get, you got it first. Jamar. Jamar, number one. Okay. Number two. Mo two most likely. Second most likely. Mixon. Mixon. Higgins. Yeah. Okay. What do you say, James? Wow. You said that? You're, you're Mr. Mixon. Mr. Run the ball. I'm team receiver. We just switched thoughts. I'm going with Jamar, too. You can't really bet against him, even though I think it's it's close. I could see Mixon easily top. He had 1,500-plus last year. He beat Jamar last year. Right. So yeah, that's right. It's tough. That's right. I'll, I'll say Jamar, though, really close. But I think Jamar is going to do a little more. Don't you think he might go a little, they might go a little Debo Samuel with him? A little bit? I, 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 think, like it. I think there's going to be a crap load of creativity. I mean, we... We weren't really allowed to speak on what we saw during the joint practices, um, but it was a lot of creativity happening around. I mean, it was all over the place, all kinds of different sets. So I don't, I don't think it's a secret that they want to do that. They've been pretty open that they want to do things. It's just the league is about to find out all the things that they have in, in store. Quarterback Jamar Chase is going to be really sneaky good. <laughs> Quarterback no Jamar Chase. Yeah. yeah, take the ball out of Burrow's hands, as they always say. Uh, so you, you say Chase. You say Chase. Chase, Mixon, yep. Higgins. Okay, what order. do you all, say? All, all well over a 1,000. I'm going opposite of you guys. I'm, I'm going to run with Joe yeah. Mixon. Like you said, he had the most last year. Yeah. Told us yesterday he left four or 500 yards on the table. Just 500 yards on the yeah. table. And 10 touchdowns. Um, I, I, I do. I, I, mean, I think he's going to have a much bigger year this year with, with the improved line. Everybody talks about that line helping Burrow get sacked and hit less. It, the underrated part of that is is, is going to be a lot more room for for Joe to run. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna run with him and say that he he leads that, all those guys again. And then I'm gonna pass on Higgins. I'm gonna boot Jamar Chase. I just think not that he's gonna have a terrible year, but he's gonna have a hard time matching last year when all that attention oh. is gonna be thrown his way. He's gonna have to do it a different way. He's gonna have to do it underneath instead of getting the deep shots over the top. Yep. There'll, there'll be opportunities, but I I just. I think T. Higgins is in for a huge year, and yeah. I, I don't know that he's going to pass Mixon simply because Mixon does it both with running and receiving, but um, I'll, I'm going to boot Jamar Chase, which it sounds insane after Offensive Rookie of the Year, but I'm going to go complete opposite of you guys. I mean, it's more, it's more a, a statement on how teams are going to approach the Bengals this exactly. year. There's gonna, but people don't, you know, when you go back and look, and you guys have done this, when you look from Chase's breakout on when Higgins really came on because yeah. teams were putting so much attention on Chase, they were almost a dead heat yeah. in yards and yards per game. And, in fact, Higgins, you know, was putting up bigger numbers uh, for a long stretch. Right. And that is only going to grow as teams become more and more scared or aware of where is Jamar, where is Jamar. And to the, the number, when I did the projection for the season, what I think will happen is you'll see their yards per reception flip. I think Higgins becomes your big deep threat at 17, 18 per reception, and Chase becomes your 15, 14 per with a higher volume of receptions. Seeing him work underneath more often as teams focus on that, and as soon as teams are stepping up their safeties, looking at Jamar underneath, worried about his yak, 
85 over the top where he's so dangerous. And, and I think you could see a lot of that this year. I'm not going to go as far as Jay to say that I'm going to put Higgins over Chase. So I don't know if I'm like not even believing what I'm selling here, but I, I still think it's going to be far closer than people realize. Here's what they need from Kappa and Karras. Block the light box. Right? Absolutely. All you guys wrote about the light box. I never knew what a light box was until, <laughs> you know. It's a I box thought it was my, light. I thought, it was, my, I thought it was my. I thought it was my wallet. Yeah. But I think, I I think they will never see. They'll never see an eight man. I don't know if they'll see a seven man box. These guys are going to be. These guys are going to be in reverse from the minute they get off the bus. So, I think Mixon could have a huge amount of carries. Yeah. Just because. How many teams are going to... The Steelers are probably going to be the only team in America that I'm not going to say, uh, we dare you to uh, uh, beat us with the run. Every other team they play, other than the Steelers, is going to say, beat us with Mixon. Yeah, and they'll happily do it. And they will. And they will. Key number to watch, just Joe Mixon, you know, Joe Mixon's yards per carry uh, from December on last year, 3.6. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it, it fell off. It fell off yeah. a cliff. The first half, 4.45. Under so Frank Pollock. He's got to be the first half. They've right. got to have the first half running game and not the second half running game that really was not as existent. And I, I and I think that's why the openers sometimes, sometimes the openers are kind of illusions. And I think the opener isn't quite what we're going to see for the rest of the 16 weeks because the Steelers are going to play it like the Steelers are going to play it. They're yeah. going to they're going to play it like it's you know 2009. You know the Ward 18 to 12 or something. They're going to play it like. They always do. They're not going to change anything. Sorry. Right? I mean, are, are you calling multiple deep balls for Chase then? That's what it sounds like. No, I'm just saying that, yeah, I'm just saying they're going to, they, they'll say we won't have Mixon beat us because he did last year. Yeah. So they're going to make sure he doesn't beat him again. All right. We're going to do next what no one ever does. Talk about the defense. How's that sound? Uh, we're going to bring a new group hey, of, uh, of reporters up here. Tracks. Let's hear it for Jeff Hobson and James Rapine. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank They'll be care. back. They'll be back here when we bring everybody back on the table here in a minute. And your response was, there is one spot. They let William Jackson walk and didn't replace him with an experienced number one quarterback. Awuzie wasn't even a full-time starter last year. They are betting that it's more important to have a second cornerback, a third cornerback, and a fourth and a fifth than a number one guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're the only person to ever say anything that did not come completely true, Chuck. You'll be wishing good at football. I know that now. You know that now, and we can all we can all agree. And now, when I open with a question like, who is the most underrated player? on this underrated defense, I would take a guess that many of us would answer the exact same way with Chidabe Awuzie. Am I wrong, Trax? Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson, to me, is the most underappreciated linebacker, underappreciated player on the defense. Why is that? Because I think he runs everything through the middle of the defense, and I think he's a great tackler, and I think he's improved significantly since his rookie year at reading defenses. He is an impact player. We saw that he, everybody in this crowd knows he should not have been called for pass interference, defensive holding, whatever. It was. Does anybody agree with that call? No. So, so <laughs> they asked Logan Wilson, okay, to cover the, the Super Bowl MVP receiver in the middle of the field, and he did a tremendous job. I mean, you asked Lou Anarumo after the fact, he wouldn't have told Logan to do anything differently on that play. He did exactly what he was asked to do on the most explosive player on the field, in the middle of the field with no help. That's why I think it's Logan. That's one example of why I think it's Logan Wilson. Who's it for you, Kelsey? Cheetah's a good one. Uh, but, I mean, do we even say DJ Reader? Because I will say, I know it, you wouldn't necessarily say he's not as, like, people don't talk about him as much, but it seems like if you were to pull, like, league-wide, he probably wouldn't be in, like, the top seven defensive tackles. And when you look at what he's done for the last three years, I know he doesn't get the sacks like some of those interior linemen that are able to do that. But, I mean, he you, you guys know better than me because you were covering his team in 2020, but, like, that defense goes as he goes. And I think he is, like, him getting to be a captain this year, I think, is, like, 
the start of people starting to realize like how good DJ Reader is. He also does not agree with his Madden rating. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I gotta say, I really appreciate somebody who just says "f you Madden" as his tweet and then ends it. Like that's all he had, you know. I, but he said he mostly was mad because they had they ranked B.J. Hill as stronger than him, which he took extreme exception to. That, that right there is why I say he's underrated. Like, yeah. who could have watched a full Bengals season last year and said, "No disrespect to B.J. Hill," that D.J. Reader wasn't way more important than B.J. Hill. His role is the most underrated because I don't think people understand how much he did. You know, their run defense, right, is we've talked a lot about how good their run defense was in big wins last year, and that starts with their ability to just have Reader up there in the middle and the linebackers eat or not feel like they have to fill the box because they know they've got Reader up there anyway and it allows Lou to do so many other things. I, I, I'm with you. I think it's hard to pick most underrated player because there's a bunch of them that are under-discussed on this defense. Who's yours, Charlie? I feel like I'm contractually obligated to pick Jacoby Arugia. <laughs> I feel like that's entirely the point. The Bengals had to build a defense through free agency. They had to build a defense through guys who asked them, DJ Reader and Mike Hilton and Von Bell will tell you that their previous teams didn't value and understand completely who they were as players. They needed to go to a different system and a different opportunity to show their upside in a different scheme that was more excited about taking advantage of their skill set. I think that's exactly the point. Everybody from the star and Trey Hendrickson, who wasn't a three-down player in New Orleans, to you know, Chinobi Iwuje and Mike Hilton and Eli Apple on the back end, guys who weren't trusted, weren't empowered, weren't valued in star or starting roles in their former spots. That's the entire point of the defense. Guys who have had to overcome their perception around the NFL throughout their careers. I, you know, the one, the one name that I think... I, I would think I would stand on a table for Mike Hilton. And because... There's a, there's a couple of things here. We talked about their rush defense, right? So his ability at, to play as a slot corner, but you give up nothing. It's like having a linebacker. You give up nothing in your run game, but yet he can still go out there and easily cover you know, whoever you want him to cover in the slot, Cooper Cup or whoever. And then you also look at his ability to come off the edge and make plays like he did in Tennessee, and there's just... With, for a team and a defensive coordinator like Lou Anarumo that values the versatile weapon that can allow you to play morphing, positionless, defensive football, Hilton is the perfect example of that. And he does all of it at such a high level, but yet, you know, how many people would you go through on the defense before you really started talking about him? Plus, he's great to us, and that's what really matters. Yeah, that is, that is all it's important. <laughs> and I agree that... He is underrated. All Everybody on that defense is underrated. I don't think he's the most under, underrated. It's almost like I'm having to pick sides here between Trags and Kelsey because I think those are the two ones. I, I'm going to I'm gonna lean with Kelsey with, with DJ Reader because Logan Wilson is younger. So you would, you would expect him to be a little more underrated. And let's not forget, he played last year with one and a half shoulders. He comes back this year. He's healthy. I think we're going to see that, that respect, um, the rating, if you will, come back. DJ Reader's been in this league for a long time, and when you're talking underrated, it's about who's doing the rating. If we were to pull the offensive linemen and the offensive coordinators in this league, DJ Reader would not be underrated. They know who he is. Everybody, they game plan. He's he's the center of everything they, they try to work around. So I, I think it has to be him, just because from a, a fan, even from a media standpoint, he is he is so overlooked, but yet he is so, so important. One more thing I would say, sorry, Kelsey, about the Super Bowl. Obviously, if the Bengals had won that game, Joe Burrow would have likely been the MVP, or T. Higgins, you know, throw, throw a coin up in the air, flip a coin. But to me, the way the Bengals stopped the run yes. in that game yep. was a huge factor simply because every time you looked up for at least the first three and a half quarters, the Rams were facing second and long, third and long. And that's the reason the Bengals' defense was able to really 
uh, keep the Bengals in the game, I thought, for the first three quarters of that Super Bowl. Well, just following up on the Logan Wilson thing, I think maybe he's underrated because he's still young, but he's not, as Jay is saying to coaches, because I, I went through Mike Tomlin's press conference from Tuesday, and he made it a point to go on for about like two minutes about how good Logan Wilson is and how much he does for the Bengals defense. So I I think uh, he's he might be not as widely known across the NFL, but I wouldn't say he's under underrated to like coaches and players who actually understand football. Yeah, you remember that the, the first game against Pittsburgh last year, he had the interception that really turned that game. That was a close game, and they turned it into a bit of a rout after that. So I, I understand why Tomlin is, is definitely behind Logan Wilson. You know, uh, a lot of people wrote a lot of very nice fluffy pieces about Sean McVay this offseason, and it, it, it the to the winners go the narratives is one of my favorite lines about how is the narrative different around Sean McVay continually banging his head up against a wall trying to run the ball against the Bengals defense unsuccessfully to the point it damn near cost them the game. No question. And, and you know, and people are killing him. Instead, we get Sean McVay with his arms up around the beach from Seth Wickersham, right, like showing off his guns. How different does it look? If 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 that if the call doesn't go this way or what have you, uh, a, a lot of good stuff here. I want to ask a similar question to you guys that we did on the offensive side of the ball. What is the ceiling, and what is the floor for the Bengals defense in points per drive allowed? Last year they were eighth in the regular season and at a similar number actually in, in when you bring in the postseason stats. What's the ceiling? And what's the floor, tracks? You can start it off. Okay, I think the ceiling is fifth in the National Football League. I think the floor is 12th and arbitrary numbers. But I think we're I, the player I'm looking forward to seeing impact those numbers the most is rookie Dax Hill. Yeah. I cannot wait to see how Luana Rumo really takes the gloves off and unveils him to the National Football League in week one and going forward. You know my favorite thing about the Dax Hill storyline is how afraid everyone is to talk about it. Like, yes. it is like some sort of national secret. This plan they have concocted from the day he was drafted till like the last time we talked to Lou Anarumo, all it is is I mean, I, I love to tell you about our plan, but we just can't. It's our secret. It's going to be great. What are they going to do? Is he going to repel from the rafters? Like, you know, what what could possibly be the plan? And you know, you've been around this long enough, Paul, to know that game plan is going to change week to week to week. So the way he gets the way he gets used in week one is going to be different from week four. It's going to be different from week ten. And I think that's one of the beauties of, of Dax Hill, if he stays healthy and, uh, you know, continues to grow. I mean, Dana, why do you think they did all that stuff at the top of the stadium with that pay-for sign? That's it. The sign is that they you were up know. there because they were testing its durability to yeah. make sure that a yeah. person could jump off of it and repel. You don't know? Yeah. That would, I mean, it would be quite, I'll tell you what, people have been doing a lot of praising of Lou Anarumo's game plans. That would definitely get some innovation lines used. All right, let's just take a quick break. What do you think ceiling and floor, Kelsey? I'm going to go ceiling 7, and I'm going to go floor 15. So you're, you're 7 to 15. You think you think their ceiling was basically what they were last yes, year? because covering this game long enough, that the Bengals' injury luck was, like, unbelievable last year. Like, And if you look at the, the depth up front, if, B, if DJ Reader or BJ Hill suffers an injury, I think they are. People don't talk about like how much that depth is lacking. I know they like have some young players, but it takes a lot to be proven. And so I'm thinking that if you know there's a couple key injuries, they miss a couple games, it could definitely affect what they do. But I still think they're a really good defense. Say my definitely think sevens anywhere between five to seven, but I'm gonna go seven and four fifteen. Okay, Charlie. I'll go like the five to thirteen range. I think that if people were guessing, they would guess higher in terms of like nine, ten, eleven, based on where they ranked last year. I think the key is this is a defense that has more consistent, more reliable ways to create turnovers. Specifically, I think they have some young pass rushers who are going to force quicker decisions on neutral downs, which they didn't have last season, when Trey Hendrickson didn't have as much help and as much depth alongside him. I think that the ways they're going to use Jesse Bates 
specifically in the middle of the field more and not exclusively as an over-the-top safety, which is how they got more comfortable using Von Bell during the stretch run in the playoffs last year, unlocking Bates' ability to force turnovers over the middle. And then uh, I just have some mic problems. I'm sorry about that. No, you're all right. I, I don't this know. Is my voice. It, it must be. It must be your voice. I blame your voice. Uh, let me. Let me. Let me just say this. Maybe it's all of us. Oh, it's you guys. What's going on down there, guys? Are you ruining it? Are you ruining the show? I need James back. Yeah. <laughs> James. I want to. I want to. I want to point this out. It's a. This is a line that I said last year. How is this defense worse? I mean, I, I don't understand. Like to me, I would start. I would say three as a ceiling. I don't. I don't see any way that they're worse. I mean, we're going to talk. Larry Ovenjobi is the only. They had 15 guys with 250 snaps or more last year. They have 14 of them back. They added five draft picks and Joseph Osai. I I don't understand how they're worse. And ev the continuity. You have Luana Rumo back. You have everything, so I don't know that I quite understand why people would say there's going to be some massive fallout. I get injury luck, but we got There's always a chance of injury luck, and and I, I like I like the Tupo. I like some of the depth that they have. Actually, I, I'm concerned about a Cheetah Bay Woozie injury or an Eli Apple injury because I don't know what happens at corner. That is to me the hole, in my opinion. Jack Hill. What, what world are we living in where we're concerned about an Eli Apple injury? But it, the thing with, you're right, this defense is better. It's going to be better than last year, but defense doesn't operate in a vacuum, and I think that's why they have no shot at being number one in the league in terms of points per drive because this offense is going to be so good, and, and there's going to be a point where you're you're just kind of playing prevent, and you they're going to get leads. Like you saw, that they got out in front of Pittsburgh big. They got out in front of Baltimore big. It's just natural that there's going to be scores late in the game. I, I think this defense is going to be really, really good, way better than last year. But I just don't see the ceiling being that high because – it, it's they're not going to win games 31 to 10 31 it's going to be 31 21 something like that um i just the, the, the opposing offense is going to get theirs this defense is going to be great they're going to force turnovers they're going to come up with huge stops they're going to do what they need to do to win games and a lot of times that is just letting the other team pick its way down the field and get some scores eat some clock at the end of the game when you have a lead all right we're going to do a run passer boot to wrap this up Run pass or boot, which is a one-two-three ranking. They are most likely to lead the league, or not lead the league, be top five in the league in picks, sacks, or points allowed. Which of those three, if you had to rank them first, second, and third, are they most likely to be? Trags, you've been hitting lead off all game. I'll let you do it. Okay, I'm going to answer this as if I were Lou Anarumo. And what would he say without question? Points allowed. That's all he cares about. Allowed. And I don't blame all him. All he I mean, cares about. Nor should he. So uh, run is points allowed. Uh, pass is picks, because I think they will be very... Uh, no, excuse me. Uh, pass will be uh, sacks, and third will be picks, even with a dynamic secondary. I think uh, this team is going to be just as good as it was last year, if not better, getting to the quarterback. I'm going to go run with points allowed. Points allowed. Uh, pass with picks and boot with sacks. I think when you looked at the numbers, the Steelers led the league last year with 55 sacks. The Bengals were like 42. And last year was really good for the Bengals in terms of edge pressure. So I think that's 42, that's really good if you're doing that. So for me to think that that's more than that, I'm going to boot on that. I think this Bengals defense is really good and is a lot more good than splashy. They don't have the splashy guys that like the Cowboys have with Parsons and Diggs, but they're really good at stopping points. So I'll go with that one. They'll go sacks two, interceptions three, but I'm not expecting a top 10 in any of those categories. I really think they could be top five in sacks because what I said earlier, if they're, if they're getting big leads and then they're just pinning their ears back and coming after the opposing quarterback, I, I think it, it's a possibility. I, I'm, I'm not going to run with that, though. I'm going to run with points allowed. I just I, I think we're going to see a big, big leap there from this team. 
was a great question by you, by the way, Jay. What? Gotta give you your shout out. To ask Lou, like, what's the stat that they care most? Uh, about? Well, yeah, questions. it was for today's story, so I, I had to, I had to stick that in there. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go points allowed, sacks, and then picks last. It's just, it's, it's, they. They've struggled for years to force turnovers, and even though I think they're going to be better, and we saw it in the playoffs, eight turnovers, eight, eight interceptions in four playoff games, I just I can't see them being top five in that category. We're going to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like time to take a break. Let's hear it. Trags, Kelsey, Charlie Goldsmith here for joining us up here. Hope everybody's having a good time here at 50 West. When we come back, we're going to attempt to bring everybody up here and see how much feedback we can get off the microphones. <laughs> 50 West Brewing Company, so gracious to host us here tonight, and my guy, Optimistic Bobby, Bobby Slattery is here tonight. Let's hear it for 50 West owner Bobby Slattery, everyone's best friend, Bobby. We hand my man a microphone real quick. Bobby, it's so, thank you for having us. Sorry. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being out here, supporting the Bengals, supporting this great season coming out. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Bobby, what is it 17-0? It's 17-0? Is it, is it that simple for you? What is the high point? Just, what you, what just do 17, If Burroughs cooking, like, is there any team that's going to stop us? Honestly, when they get moving, is there any team that's going to stop us? It's not happening. Uh, I don't like to get into predictions for records. Yes, you do. I don't. I don't like that. I like the... Uh, the uh, my, my thing with the Bengals has always been it's about the energy that it brings to the city. It's the excitement. Nights like tonight. All the, all your wonderful people came from all over this place to come be excited about one thing, and that's this great team that we have that's going to hopefully go back to the Super Bowl and maybe take it home this year. I thought you were going to say this excellent podcast that people really appreciate, and then you're like, oh, no, they're just here because they like the Bengals. It's kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. I'm sorry. You know I like them. I know. So I I, I, so you're saying you're just you're just excited if about I, the, the I, energy. If I got to give a record, nobody's gonna like it. I'm gonna go with like uh, thirteen and four. Thirteen and four is a good record. You should not be ashamed to predict thirteen and four. There's gonna here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna have a couple letdown losses that everybody loses their mind over. Boo. It's gonna be okay. Right? You're, you're How dare you? Your Twitter's gonna go wild. Right. Yeah. That's well. That's all you guys. All you guys are gonna have to deal with people going nuts. Uh, it's going to be a really exciting season. We've got an incredible quarterback. And this is probably the most likable team Cincinnati's ever had. Like football, baseball, anything, you name it. It's the most exciting team we have ever had in the city. These guys are likable. They win. I, it, it's just great. It is great. It's almost as good as this night. How? Thank you. This is honestly like one of my favorite places and my favorite types of nights. It's got that like summer into the fall people are just doing stuff everywhere you've created quite a little uh, thing down here bobby i mean I, it's a little I'm extravagant honestly at this point like do you need a bigger footprint we're gonna get a stage there's a stage going over there for you guys next year next year we have a stage let's hear it for the stage next year just for us right we have an even bought we get it named after us can we get pictures we bought these for you it turned out pretty well. The speakers. The speakers were just for you. Congratulations. Uh, Bobby, thank you so much for hosting us here tonight. Love this place. Love all your beer and everything you guys are doing. So uh, just shout out to everybody. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. Thank you to our staff. This was a lot. For all of you that couldn't find a parking spot, thank you for getting creative and figuring out how to make that work. Uh, so anyways, really appreciate it. And who that? All right. Let's hear it for Bobby Slattery, optimistic Bobby. Always great to have him here. All right, it is prediction time now. Let's let's go through uh, a couple ones. We've been at we asked this question to just about everybody uh, in the locker room, and it was who will go to their first Pro Bowl this year? Who will go to their first Pro Bowl this year? And we're taking Joe Burrow out of it because I think it's assumed that he would be the answer. Trey Hendrickson, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, Kevin Huber, Clark Harris, all off the table as having attended a Pro Bowl. Who would go to their first Pro Bowl this year? All the way down on the other side, Trags, I see you. Uh, what do you got? Going back to my New England roots, 
Did you cover the Patriots? I did, but I am a Cincinnati native. I want to get that out there. Oh, okay, yeah. Record. Make sure you get that. Ted What didn't you help? Anyway, having covered the Patriots, I'm going to stick with Ted Karras. Ted Karras, Pro Bowl. Will make a huge impact on the offensive line. Everything goes through him. Ted Karras goes through his first Pro Bowl. That is an incredible homer pick for someone that covered the Patriots. <laughs> I didn't think you could do it. Uh, Charlie, what do you got? Evan McPherson ties the NFL record for longest field goal in history and takes it to, where do they have it these days, Las Vegas, wherever the Pro Bowl is? It has been in Vegas. I don't know if he they're moving there. it from there, but it was. He goes there. He goes, he goes wherever it is. It could, it could, it could be, be here. Orlando. It could be here, 50 West, close to, close to Yes. I mean, honestly, I think you have the footprint for it, Bobby. You could definitely fit a Pro Bowl here. And in fact, the intensity of the games happening on the sand volleyball courts would top it, what actually happens on the field. Uh, all right, Kelsey, first Pro Bowl. T. Higgins. Wow, I like that. T. Higgins was the most popular answer when asked, but I just feel like the receiver crew is a hard one to crack in the AFC, or really in both leagues, but it's a, that's, a, that's the only reason I get nervous about it being T. Higgins. It's just like, man, there's so many good receivers in the AFC. Butchie, what do you think? Uh, I think he had people's eyes popping out against Tennessee in the playoffs. D.J. Rita. You're going Reader to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So I'm going to agree with Kelsey, and, and I already said it. I think T. Higgins is in for a huge year, but we all know what the Pro Bowl is. It's a popularity contest. This team has five games on primetime. T. Higgins caught two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. One was a bomb against Jalen Ramsey. One was a trick play. He is on the radar now. I think he's going to blow up and have a huge year. And I just, I, I think he is the guy. I think all of the, I think all those guys are good picks. But if, if I had to bet on one of them, it would be T. Higgins. All right, like that. I said it on the podcast earlier. I, I'm with you, Charlie. Evan McPherson, he is an international icon, and the popularity contest will love him. It'll be him versus Justin Tucker, and who can hit the longest field goal this year to see if he can crack uh, Tucker's monopoly on the Pro Bowl, but I think it's very possible. James, are you too cool to do this, or do you want to actually join us, or you just want to hang out in the back? No, I, I just, I'm shocked right now. One, two, three, four, Homer pick, drags, five, six. It's Jesse Bates. Uh, it's the biggest year of his career. He needs to go make millions and millions and millions. That's a good one, James. He's, he's never been a pro bowler. Man, I, I thought I was going to go under the radar with DJ Reader. Hobson stole it. So, Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates is great. It's a great answer. I think it's, I think it's a great answer. I, I think that... I do think he will handle the contract year thing better this year than last year, having gone through it. He knows he has it all to play for. He's got his boys that all accepted him despite the stuff. He's got fresh legs because he didn't practice at all. So, yeah, Jesse Bates. Sounds good to me. You know why he's going to handle it better? There's 12.91 million reasons why. It's because he got paid. <laughs> That's just it. Like, when you know you've made $13 million, I just feel like life is easier. You know? It feels better. All right, I've got, we got another one. Uh, who is going to be the best first-year player on this team? So that means rookies, Joseph Osai, and I'll throw in free agency pickups. So first-year Bengal. So you've got the linemen that they signed. You've got the rookies. You've got Joseph Osai all in the mix there. Trags, I'll let you kick it off again. I'm not going to go with the obvious. I'm going to go with Joseph Osai. Joseph Osai is eligible. Right? eligible. Joseph Osai is very much eligible. I think he is going to have a huge impact because I think there are going to be downs this year, obvious pass rushing situations where teams try to account for Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, and he is going to come out of the blue. He's going to be on the field at the same time and have a huge impact. Like that. Charlie. Treggs had a bolder prediction by picking this guy to make the Pro Bowl, but Ted Karras, I think, is everyone's favorite Bengal. Like, he plays the piano and has all of these eccentric hobbies and reads and brings in immediate stability and as much football IQ as anyone on the roster has is going to make a big difference. They're counting on him, and I think it's going to be him by the end of the year. I'm with you on that. Kelsey? I am. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to agree with Trags. <laughs> I'm going to go. Oh. Jojo Mosai. Um, I think 
obviously we only had that one game sample size, but I just think with the position he plays and how that's a production-based position, I think he's going to have a huge impact. Butch, I'm going to gamble. I'm going to gamble because I don't know, I don't know how many games he's going to play, but I think he's going to play enough. We're going to look up and say, man, that looks like Willie Anderson blocking for Corey Dillon. 71-71 leading the way for 28. I think Lyle Collins, not just because he's, you know, the most competent right tackle they've had in, geez, I don't know, a young Andre Smith, um, but he's also, I think, his mentality. I think we saw that. I think he, I think Leonard Floyd knows about his uh, mentality. And I would argue that uh, LC got his ass kicked. I think LC kicked his ass on Wednesday, and I think it was a little bit of a, I think it was a little bit of a push on Thursday, which kind of heightened things a little bit. But I think the gauntlet was thrown, and it might have even been staged. I don't know. But those three tussles with Floyd, this offensive line didn't have that. They didn't have that uh, bleep in the neck, you know. With, with LC, they got the bleep in the neck. I just hope he plays. I knocked on wood. Hope, hope we can give him 15 games. Last year, you defended Eli Apple in this spot and were proven very, very correct. As we were taking shot after shot at Eli Apple and you stood up, perhaps this year, Lyle Collins will be your Eli Apple, the table that you stood on. I, I appreciate that. Jay, what do you what do you got? I'm sitting here thinking how I'm going to pivot once somebody picks my guy and nobody picked my guy. It's got to be Dax Hill. I mean, he's going to be a... A major part, he's, he may not start a single game until something happens, but he's going to be a major part of this defense. Lou's going to put him in the spots to make a difference, and Eli Apple gets hurt, Cheeto gets hurt, Jesse Bates gets hurt, Von Bell gets hurt, maybe Michael, any of those guys gets hurt, Dax Hill slides in as the starter. I just think he's going to have a huge, huge impact on this defense. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Karis as as my answer number one, but I think Dax Hill is absolutely a, a close second to, to who that will be. Who do you have, James? Or have you even been listening? Are you just big timing us back there on the wall? What'd you say? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it, it's weird. I'm I'm questioning everything now because for the second straight time, me and Butch Hobson are in the same realm here because Lel Collins he might not have practiced much. But I, I think he's going to be really, really damn good. And as long as he's good 17 times plus playoffs, then who cares about practice, right? You want to talk about practice? Practice? practice. Talk about the game. Come on, Paul. Yeah. The game you die for. Absolutely. Uh, all right. That's good. This is, this is good. Con That's just it. You know, people have been talking about that the Bengals might be boring because of their continuity and everybody knows what they are. There's a lot of new pieces that we just went through that, that we don't quite know what they're going to be but have a lot of potential to be good. All right, let's wrap it up because uh, the, the, if, it, if it's like the Super Bowl, isn't The Rock about to do a 10-minute promo after now that the, the, the uh, anthem has been sung? Uh, he's still going out there. Yes, Darren Simmons still cursing him out. Uh, so let's do it. Final record if you feel like you are able to project it. Uh, final record and where their season ends, or maybe ends holding a trophy. We'll start all the way down at the end once more, because you've been an incredible leadoff hitter, Trags. Final record and where the season ends. Okay. Yes, I have rose-colored glasses at home. I did not bring them with me. I wrote this. It's on the record. It will remain on the record. 14-3. and three. Oh they go to the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl, beating Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers. First of all, bringing it, first of all, hold on. Bringing it full <laughs> circle for my career. Yeah, yeah, for your career. If you guys didn't know, Trags covered Tom Brady and the Patriots for a number of years, and so he's just used to teams just going to the Super Bowl on his watch and going 14-3, and three, and everything always goes your way. And I do like the fact that you have 45-year-old Tom Brady ending up back there again. I appreciate it. These fans clearly appreciate it. Uh, and would love to be in Arizona with you. Hell with Tom Brady. He covered Paul Revere. The Rock is back. The Rock is finally. The Rock is back on the big screen. Oh, wow. This looks much shorter. And they didn't let him go to midfield this time. They're like, we need you in the corner in case we just decide to kick off. 
Uh, all right, let's get down. The game is about to kick off, so let's do it. Predictions. Charlie, what do you got? Six and 11. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 10 and 7. There are only five teams that matter this year, and the Bengals are one of them. Where do they end up? Um, conference championship game losing to the Chargers. All right, losing to the Chargers. All right. It's okay for them to make the conference championship game. That's a good season, people. Kelsey. <laughs> 11 and 6. 11 and 6. Season ends in the divisional round against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Dude. everybody, if you Trags, you did this. Trags predicts fourteen and three in the Super Bowl off the top, and everybody else gets booed out of the building. Butchie, well, you you have to. 11, 11 and six. They come out of the desert in the desert. They come out of the desert in the desert. McPherson at the gun through the light, through the uh, with you can hear the Eagles. Playing in the background. Oh. From from 58. McPherson from 58 at the gun in the Super Bowl. And, um, read it on Bengals.com. Jay. Alright, I'm not pandering to you people. I'm keeping it real. <laughs> Ten and seven. Wild card. Ravens edge them out for the division title and they lose to the Ravens in the divisional round. <laughs> Man, if you don't go, if you don't go Super Bowl, you are the enemy of the state here. James Rapine. Oh, me? You gotta make a call. Okay, so you're last. I get it. Save the best for last. That's you. Mine's on the record. All right, all right, all right. I actually haven't talked about the postseason at all. So this is a this is the first time. Twelve and five. And I think Trags and, and Hobson are contagious. I, I think they are. Because Burrow to Chase, we'll say 51 yards, 10 seconds left, Bengals win Super Bowl 57. Total pandering effort from Locked On, as you would. As you would. Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 is here, everybody. Let's hear it. Do you have a prediction, Mo? Do you want to offer one? For the football season, the Bengals season, do you have any interest in predicting how it's going to end up? Would you like to pander to this crowd that is easily susceptible to it? You wanted a prediction? Yes. For the football season. For the football season. First of all, thanks for having me. It's good to have you. Thanks for dropping in. You ever watched the uh, Letterman show back in the day? And they would have, like, Tom Hanks and then, like, you know, like 10,000 maniacs. And at the, at the end, they would say, hey, we've got this kid who's really good at folding origami. <laughs> That's me! <laughs> I said on the radio today, they're going to go 12-5. and five. They're going to win the division. And there's going to be a rematch. I don't think we've had a Super Bowl rematch since uh, Bill's Cowboys. Right? Well, that ended with Buffalo losing both. I'm going to be standing next to an ice machine in Phoenix. <laughs> Many people don't realize yeah. how yes. good that reference is. Yes. Except my flight home on the red eye is going to be a hell of a lot more fun. Because they're going to beat the hell out of the Rams. Total pandas. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, I, mine is on the record. It has been on the record on the side. 11-6, and six, winning the AFC North. Winning in the first round of the divisional round. Then there's four teams left with great quarterbacks. And I don't know who's going to win. Well, that's why it makes me mad you didn't ask me for my Pro Bowl prediction. Because based on your pick, the Bengals coaching staff will be coaching in the Pro Bowl together. <laughs> making their debut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty... Nobody, nobody wants that. You asked about Pro Bowl predictions. But you don't get elected to be the Pro Bowl coach. That's not how the it Pro works. Bowl is that you just end up there if you happen to lose at the right time. Well, that's when you have them losing in your, your goofy little prediction thing. So they're, Goofy? They're, yeah, there's Who Zach Taylor. Who invited this guy onto the mic? You did. There's Zach Back Taylor. to the origami, please. There's Zach Taylor. And his How many beers staff? did he have while he was Three. listening? Is the game in Hawaii? No, it's not in Hawaii. And we already talked about this. The coaching staff would have this their Hawaiian shirts on. This is supposed to be a real recording that people at home are listening to right now. I, I don't know where the Pro Bowl is. Anyway, that was going to be my fun answer had you asked me. But no, we, we got to make sure we squeeze in uh, James over there. So that was going to be my pick. <laughs> anyway, this is really gone sideways. Can someone grab the microphone for Proceed with your podcast. Uh, we're Wait just going to wrap second. it up. Wait a second. James over there. I'm just kidding. You better say Super Bowl. coaches aren't the senior bowl. 
Yes. No, no one wants that. No one wants that. You better say it's Super um, Bowl, Dana. So say I, it. I did not have them going to the Super Bowl. I had them... I had them losing in the second round of the of the postseason in SoFi to the Chargers and the Packers beating the Chargers in the Super Bowl. I apologize to everyone that 11 wins and the winning in the playoffs is not enough. But I don't care because you guys have been awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming out here tonight. I hope you all enjoy this entire season. We will do it again at some point. I want to thank everybody that has been down here. Trags, Charlie Goldsmith, Kelsey Conway, Jeff Hobson, of course, Jay Morrison, I'm not going to thank Mo. James Rapine, great to have you here. And everybody else that came out. Thank Optimistic Bobby, thanks everyone for coming out to 50 West Brewing Company. We will talk to you later. Enjoy the season and tonight's game, everybody. Have a good one.